Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award winning agents who will walk you through the process step by step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Today is September 13th, 2021, and our first story, the Newsom recall election last day to vote is tomorrow. And there's some weird stories going on. Some voters saying they've been told they already voted. A guy found in his car with 300 ballots. Don't let the stories trick you. There may be something bad happening, but it doesn't matter. You've got to get out and vote and don't let yourself get demoralized. In our next story, Jen Psaki confirms Migrants at the southern border are under no vaccine mandate. You know what else is true? Members of Congress and their staff have no vaccine mandate either. Rules for thee, but not for me and not for migrants, some with COVID, seems strange. In our last story, it seems like Bill Maher may be finally waking up, coming out and saying, you know why I'm always criticizing the left? Because they're embarrassing me. The fact that he has to defend himself for criticizing the left so much says a lot about Bill Maher. Now, if you like this show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. It really does help. And tell your friends about the show. It's the best way to help. Now, let's get into that first story. Gavin Newsom's recall election is officially tomorrow. Or another way to phrase it is tomorrow is the last day to vote. And there's already a bunch of stories of weird goings on. In this story, voters in the San Fernando Valley are saying they're having trouble casting their ballots because when they went in to vote, they were told you already voted, which is strange. The media is calling it a glitch, saying it's no big deal. These people have filled out their provisional ballots. And let's be real. It's one story about one area with a handful of voters experiencing a problem. The last thing we need is for people to come out and claim that this story is widespread, massive fraud or evidence of a rigged election or anything like that. Now, it's important we track these stories. It's important we use them for what they are. I mean, probable cause, not indicative, uh, uh, not not direct evidence of anything like that, but enough to be like, okay, this may be a problem, maybe a glitch, maybe malicious, maybe nefarious. We'll investigate it, right? But for the time being, I actually think we should look at these stories, calm everybody down, push them to the side for now. What I mean is don't ignore them completely. 
But people should be focused on getting out and voting and not being told that the election's rigged and you can't win because that is not true. For all of the weird goings on and all of the problems, you can go out and vote and you can win. And despite what anyone might tell you about the last election in 2020, Republicans crushed it in the House. Now, you can believe whatever you want to believe about these elections, but the one thing remains true is that you must go out and vote. Vote for what you believe in. Vote. Well, in my opinion, I think Newsom should be recalled. I believe he's corrupt. I think Larry Elder would be a, a, a breath of fresh air for a one-party controlled state. And I think the Democrats in California have lost the plot completely. The last thing we need is for people to feel like you can't win. That being said, I do not believe in suppressing information and the news based on what I want to happen and, you know, my opinions on what these things really mean. In fact, I think it's important we go through some of what's happening. And the latest news is that Larry Elder has set up a page on his website, or there is a website set up, they say, from Larry Elder, so that you can document these goings on. By all means, I think that's fair and you should do so. And Donald Trump is claiming it's rigged. Now, Mike Cernovich came out, prominent Trump supporter in the past, says this is voter suppression, telling people the day before an election it's rigged and you can't win. Yeah, that's going to make people not come out. That's the biggest thing I see with this narrative about fraud. So many people are throwing their hands in the air and saying, oh, I'm, I'm done. No, 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 no. Do not let anyone have that mentality. You must do your civic duty. Go door to door. Advocate for who you want to win. Advocate for the vote. Go out and vote yourself and don't let anyone get you down for any reason, regardless of whether or not it's their intent. You go out and you do what you got to do. Now, a lot of people are concerned about what's going on. And I think it's fair to say that there's reasons to be concerned for sure. And I want to go through these things. And I want to make sure that even with, you know, everything you're going to see, you recognize the importance of you going out to vote. And we'll raise some, some, some questions about this. We'll be skeptical. Like I said, I am not a person who thinks, oh, look at these stories about weird goings on. I better not tell anyone because it might actually scare them. Now, I can uh, criticize Cernovich a little bit when he, when he tweets out, uh, he tweeted out that saying there's, you know, the, vote, the election's rigged, the suppression. I actually think he's right. And I'll push back a little bit saying we still should let people know the news and then assure them and encourage them to go out and participate in civics. There are bad people. They do bad things. Don't let one or two news stories hold you back. Tomorrow is the last day to vote in California. This is massive. Yo, Larry Elder as governor. Wow, that would be huge. And while I don't completely agree with his politics, for the most part, my issues are more about rationality, peaceful, persuasive, resourcefulness, and ending monoparty rule in California, at least for a little while. Give him a breath of fresh air. We got to have some balance back in this country. Well, let's read these stories, see what's going on. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, and you'll get access to exclusive members-only content like segments in the TimCast Arrow podcast, as well as an ad-free experience on all of our news, and you will be supporting our fierce and independent journalism. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, and share this show with your friends, both as I attempt to inform you and encourage you at the same time, remaining optimistic despite the negative news. So let's walk through this data and see what's going on. I think it's fair to point out this story from KTLA. San Fernando Valley residents have trouble casting recall ballots. Many people are sharing the story saying, look, this shows there's there's uh, malintent that something nefarious is afoot. Perhaps let's talk about it, but let's make sure everyone holds the line, holds the center, 
and go out and vote for what you believe in. Look, maybe you're somebody who watches my show and you don't like Larry Elder and you think he's a really bad person. I want you to vote too. I want everyone to vote. And while I wish that the people who voted were better informed to make the right decisions, I am not the arbiter of truth and morality. I am no psychic, no genius. I think more people voting is probably a good thing. How about that? Let's read. Some San Fernando Valley voters think they are being wrongly prevented from casting a ballot in the upcoming gubernatorial recall election. At El Camino Real Charter High School in Woodland Hills, some voters say they were told the computers showed them as already having voted, even though they had not. West Hills resident Estelle Bender, 88, said she was far from the only person who was being told incorrectly that they had already voted. In addition to friends of hers who experienced the issue and two other men outside the polling place, Bender said that inside, quote, the man next to me was arguing the same thing. Bender said she filled out a provisional ballot and left really angry. Bender added, to her knowledge, many of those affected by the issue are self-identified Republicans, and she's suspicious. I'd still like to know how I voted, Bender said. The L.A. County Registrar Recorder's Office said in a statement that provisional ballots are a fail-safe option to ensure that everyone's votes are counted. Once the eligibility of the voter is verified, the ballots are processed and counted, the statement added. Now, I can't tell you much about this other than one woman made a statement about what happened to the press and the press covered it. And it's a handful of people could be a blip. You got to be careful about static, right? That sometimes you'll get blips in the signal. It doesn't mean anything unless we see a pattern. Now, people are already predisposed to believe that there is malintent because you've got the media, you've got, you know, Mike Lindell's symposium, you've got statements from Donald Trump. And I think it's important to point out that whatever you end up believing, you don't let it get you down or hold you back. Check this out. Gavin Newsom blasts President Trump and uh, for feigning election fraud and CA recall. We're four days out. The election hasn't even happened. And now they're all feigning election fraud. I don't trust anybody. The election is tomorrow. I do not trust anybody. You see that story? I'm glad they reported it. Let's get some investigators on scene to go through it now before the election. You see, here's the funny thing about Gavin Newsom criticizing Trump. Sure, Trump shouldn't be involved, okay? Trump should stay back, let California do its thing. There's a lot of people in California. Like I mentioned, Mike Cernovich, he lives there. They're fighting for the recall. Let me say something. You know, Gavin Newsom is saying the election hasn't happened yet and they're already calling this out. Now is the time to call it out. You see, if it turns out that Larry Elder ends up winning, well, then you will have their statements where they're like, oh, see, they were calling out. Let's investigate. I'm down for that if Larry Elder ends up winning. Before anyone has won is the time you start actually looking into these claims. That's the best time to literally do it. Governor Gavin Newsom Friday blasted Republicans and former President Trump for feigning election fraud in the California recall election. It's just a remarkable thing. We're four days out. The election hasn't even happened. And now they're all feigning election fraud, Newsom told reporters in Sacramento after casting his own ballot at the California Museum. It's just an extension of the big lie, the stop the steal. It's just a remarkable thing. On Wednesday, GOP frontrunner Larry Elder told reporters that he believes, quote, there might very well be shenanigans in the recall election, despite there being no evidence of any wrongdoing in the voting process. Elder's campaign also has a link on their website that asks voters to fill out a form to report incidents of voter fraud. I just want to stop when they say, Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. 
With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award winning agents who will walk you through the process step by step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. No evidence of any wrongdoing is a very loaded statement. If there was evidence of wrongdoing, there would be direct evidence of wrongdoing. We haven't investigated anything. This is my point. Don't let any of this get you down. I'm going to say that 50 billion times. I want you to be sure. Uh, You'll be sure of that. But here's my point. People being told they already voted is a red flag so large you can see it from your lip, from, from your front yard. Right, a massive red flag, but it's probable cause. It could be an error. It could be a glitch. It could be someone with the same name. Who knows? Or it could be something malicious. It's not evidence of wrongdoing. It's evidence of something going wrong. Now we investigate and potentially look for wrongdoing. How about that? You see, this is the, this is the problem I have with the media. Despite there being no evidence of any wrongdoing, why would you add that? In the story, it has nothing to do with what's being said or who's being criticized. You see how they played the game. The day before, former President Trump also promoted the baseless claims. You see, there you go. Baseless. We have people in San Fernando saying they've already voted. We have a couple other stories I want to show you. In fact, I got to stop right there. I'm sorry. I was wrong when I said there was no evidence of any wrongdoing. I'm sorry, when, when, they, when I said that wrongdoing hasn't been investigated yet and there's probable cause. I'm sorry, that, that's incorrect. First, let me just show you this story from the AP. Passed out man found with 300 California recall ballots. This guy was charged with forgery. Literally evidence of wrongdoing. Do your job, media. Passed out man. California authorities are investigating why a man found passed out in his car had more than 300 unopened mail-in ballots for the gubernatorial recall election. The man was arrested August 16th after being found in a store parking lot in Torrance. Investigators of the Torrance Police Special Investigations Division, the U.S. Postal Service and L.A. County District Attorney's Public Integrity Unit were trying to determine how the ballots ended up in the suspect's vehicle and what his intent was in having them, police said in a Facebook statement. Sergeant Mark Ponagillick told KABC-TV the ballots were unopened and had not been tampered with. The man was a felon who had drugs, a loaded firearm, thousands of pieces of mail, a scale and multiple California driver's licenses and credit cards and other people's names. The man whose name was not released was invest- was arrested for investigation of weapons, narcotics and forgery violations. Replacement ballots will be sent out, police said. OK, what was that? AB, uh, ABC 7? 
No evidence of any wrongdoing. That was evidence of wrongdoing. How do you end up with 300 ballots and drugs and a gun? Okay. Is it proof of widespread fraud? It's not. And here's what you got to watch out for. You got a lot of people want to push conspiracy theories. And I'm not saying that in a negative way to insult people who believe that nefarious people behind the scenes do bad things. People who work for big corporations often work with other big corporations, and sometimes they do bad things. That happens, and politicians do bad things. People do bad things. But let me just, just point out that there may be fraud some, in, in many places. In fact, there have been many uh, throughout the last year. We went through the, the DOJ announcing like this person was doing ballot harvesting. Someone in Philly was like, you know, stuffing ballot boxes. These are smaller scale stuff. Some of them may have had impacts. Take it up with the DOJ to figure out where those things went. There's another, here's another conspiracy theory, theory for you. And I'm saying this as a way to like kind of neutralize this, the conspiracy stories. What if the real conspiracy was that these stories are seeded to suppress conservative votes? Think about it. Republicans throw their hands in the air feeling like they can't possibly win because the game is rigged and they don't show up. That is bad. We saw that in Georgia, maybe not as widespread as many people in the media were claiming, that when Trump was claiming fraud, a lot of Republicans were like, I'm not voting. What's the point? No, go out and vote. Ignore that stuff. Keep putting the put in your back pocket. Make sure it gets investigated, all that stuff. But what if what if that's the real conspiracy? Now, I don't think so. I think humans are imperfect. No election is going to be perfect. Bad people are going to do bad stuff. It doesn't mean that you can swing an election because one guy was found in his car. It does mean there's probable cause to investigate further how this came to be. It is not evidence of a racket or widespread. I'm sorry, it's not. Is it bad? Yes. Should it be investigated? Yes. Are there people doing bad things, trying to manipulate elections? Yes. They've been arrested, like I mentioned, the DOJ. Stay focused right now. You can, you can vote. I, I believe they have early voting right now. Tomorrow is the last day to vote. You can vote by mail. Go out and vote. Ignore the screaming in your ears. Ignore the noise. Don't let these stories stop you or anyone you know. That's their goal, man. They say, the day before, former President Donald Trump also promoted his baseless claims. During an interview on Newsmax, Trump predicted it's a rigged election. It's probably rigged. They're sending out all ballots. It's a, the ballots are, you know, mail out, mail in ballots, Trump said, adding that it will help Democrats win. Now, Trump is wrong about just saying it's rigged, but depends on what he means by rigged, okay? Are we speaking literally or is he being hyperbolic? I'll tell you this. Mass mail in voting helps Democrats for, I would say, two principal reasons. The first, it makes it a lot easier for younger people to vote, many who aren't paying attention, and for their parents to be like, did you vote yet? If you want to go to Billy's house for the pizza, you fill out your ballot. And it's like some kid who's like 18 or whatever, and he just had a high school, or maybe he's about to go to college soon, or maybe they're in college still living at home. The other thing it does is because the left is really good at organizing, you do mass mail-in voting, they have a month to go door to door, and this is what they've been doing. Have Republicans been? Perhaps. I'm not entirely sure. I've definitely seen the Democrat efforts. See, the issue I take with the fraud narrative is that regardless of whether or not it's true or you can prove it or otherwise, it suppresses people, uh, the, the right, distracts them from the bigger issue. Universal mail-in voting. Now, instead of going door to door on election day, asking people to go down to vote and them being like, I don't want to leave my house. I just ordered pizza and I'm going to go watch this sporting event or whatever. Now, Throughout the month, activists can go door to door, tell people to vote, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. And they'll fill it out and they'll say, I'll put it in the mailbox. And then the mailman will come pick it up. It makes it super easy to vote. 
Now, Democrats cheer for this, saying it should be easier to vote. I think it, there should be some hurdles. I think if people don't even want to get out of their house to go vote one day, then maybe they shouldn't, but it's up to them. And making it easier to vote is not fraud. Organizing and going out and getting active is not fraud. You can argue they're changing the rules to benefit themselves. My response to Republicans is get on your ground game. I know for a fact the left is better at ground organizing. I've seen it. I've worked for some of these fundraising companies that do, you know, nonprofit stuff, nonprofit work fundraising. Republicans got to go door to door. They got to be personable. They got to be persuasive, resourceful, knock on doors and say, hey, did you vote yet? Go out to these areas, argue, convince people. The left does it all day, every day. Quote, the one thing they're good at is rigging elections. So I predict it's a rig election, Trump said. I think that's a big mistake. A new poll from the Berkeley Institute of Governmental Studies released on Friday showed the recall is likely to fail by wide margins. 60% of likely voters are against the recall compared to 39% of voters who say they are for it. Bad metric. It's a bad metric because while many people may be against the recall, how many of them actually are paying attention to an off-cycle, off-season election? Out of the out of the people who are paying attention to it, paying, paying attention to this and answering the polls, I'd be willing to bet the Republicans are coming out in force, angry, fists on the table. We got to get Gavin out of there. And the Democrats are like, what's happening? Who's running for what? That's right. And it's a recall election. So maybe some people don't even understand. They say the margins align with California electorate at large. In the state, Democrats outnumber Republicans two to one. Hey, makes sense. But are you polling people who are likely to vote or people who are not likely to vote? It's a recall. It's not a midterm. It's not, I mean, look, they're gonna, the Democrats are good at organizing, so it may not matter in the end. And the polls have been shifting in favor of Newsom, but maybe some of these Democrats are fed up. We'll see. On Friday, Newsom also called out Trump for continuing to perpetuate claims of voter fraud. It's not surprising, but once again disappointing, that you see folks even here in California, including the president himself, who asserted similar comments a few weeks back, make such outrageous statements with no basis in evidence whatsoever. You know, I got to stop you right there. Evidence does not mean proof and evidence of wrongdoing does not mean hard evidence of widespread fraud or anything like that. It means, yeah, we better pay attention to this stuff and investigate it. That's why I'm totally in favor of audits. I'm totally in favor of uh, auditing every single election in the country. Hard audits, do it. Spend the money. We need to restore confidence in the system. Too many people feel like the system is broken and that's going to create a serious imbalance. And if the right stops believing in the elections because of news they heard and the left ends up just sweeping everything, we're just getting closer and closer to collapse. Let's talk about evidence or whatever, you know. How about this one? Jeremy Boring says, and this is, I believe he's the, is the CEO, co-CEO of Daily, of Daily Wire, just got my absentee ballot for the California recall. I moved to Tennessee in November, registered to vote here, and submitted a voter registration cancellation form for CA within a month of leaving. Let's give these bureaucrats control of our health care next. All right. Well, I don't see any hard photo evidence there, Jeremy. How about this one from Colin Moriarty? Colin Moriarty is not some hardcore conservative. He's a PlayStation podcaster. He tweeted, good news. I haven't lived in California since 2019. But I got a gubernatorial recall ballot sent to me in Virginia. Ha ha ha. Love it. And he posted photos of having received these ballots to Virginia. Here's the best part. 
In one image, you can see County of Los Angeles, Registrar Recorder, P.O. Box, L.A., yada, yada, to Mr. Colin Moriarty, and there's Virginia on it. How is a gubernatorial ballot being sent to Virginia? Okay, evidence does not mean definitive proof. Evidence just means a fact or piece of data or circumstance that points to a potential outcome. So what do we see here? Something bad. Believe whatever you want to believe about it. Something bad happened. Maybe it's a mistake, a glitch, maybe intentional. I don't know. And I got to be honest, I don't know if I care all that much. I really don't. Don't focus on this right now. We can take a look at it. It should be investigated. But let's 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 see what those in California have to say. Mike Cernovich, as you know, big Trump supporter, critical of Trump when needing uh, when, when needed to be when he needed to be, says, man, I tried to keep Trump out of the California recall, but he just can't help himself. Now he's running another Georgia style voter suppression effort. No one here asked for his help, quote unquote. In fact, people worked to keep him out of it. Cernovich says, telling people on the eve of an election that it's rigged is voter suppression. Trump is literally suppressing pro recall votes. Unreal that so many of you idiots can't see this. Unfollow me. I, I agree with Cernovich. I, 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 there's, a, there's a predicament. There really is. I'm not here to uh, um, be a moral authoritarian or dictator demanding an outcome that I want. If I wanted Larry Elder to win, there's a lot of things that I could be doing. I didn't donate to the guy. There's a lot of stuff, right? I could be donating to the recall effort. I, I, I don't. Personally, I think he should. I don't live in California. Maybe that's the problem is that people who challenge the Democrats and people like Newsom don't do enough. Could be the case. I do think it's fair to say that there are a lot of people in California when it's already, you know, disproportionately Democrat, a lot of people who are sitting there thinking like, what's the point of getting up and going out if it's rigged anyway? Isn't it convenient for Democrats that demoralization is slapping the right in the face? I'm not a fan of that. I want to see the people go out and vote. I want to see them well-informed. I want to see them make decisions that's right for themselves. I think Gavin Newsom is crooked and one of the worst possible choices. He should be recalled. He shouldn't have been elected. But, you know, I don't complain about Newsom getting elected because we're like, oh, we'll see what happens, right? And then we see him enacting these restrictions and then defying them. We see the problems California faces in LA and San Francisco and Sacramento with homelessness and human waste. Gavin Newsom is not doing right by California. Problem? Tribalism just sweeps over everything. And you've got now the left just saying, we're going to vote for him because Republicans are bad. That's why the Democrats have branded this the Republican recall, because they just want to be like, you're not a right winger, are you? And then these spineless California types who used to actually stand up to the stuff so desperate to fit in, just fall in line and say, tell me whatever. I'm so scared. I'll say whatever you tell me to say. I'll vote for whoever. And then I think it's funny. There's probably a lot of people who would uh, vote for recall and lie about it. I mentioned this in a few segments uh, recently. I've been binge watching 30 Rock, you know, because we, we, we actually drove several hours. We went to this on this trip. So we watched nothing but like 30 Rock on the way there. There's one episode in like season three, I think, where, oh no, this is season one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it was in season one where Tina Fey's character, Liz Lemon says, revealing her one of her darkest secrets, she's going to tell all of her friends she voted for Obama, but would secretly vote for McCain. It's really interesting. Seriously, go back and watch 30 Rock. The show was from 2006 to 2013. And you will see 
the supposed left embracing what is called right wing today. It's really weird. They would never make that. They wouldn't they wouldn't make that show again. I, I don't think so. But you can just see how there's probably a lot of Democrats who will vote to recall and then lie about it. So are these polls correct? Let me just remind you of how wrong the polls were in the past several elections. Did we forget? No, I didn't. So while they come out and they say the polls are really bad for the recall effort. Here's 538. According, uh, let me just pull up the polling average. I'm just reading their analysis of their own polling average. Opponents of Democratic Governor Newsom have gathered enough signatures to trigger a recall election on September 14th, only the fourth gubernatorial recall election in U.S. history. If a majority of recall voters vote yes, Newsom will be removed from office. They say right now, the aggregate shows no recall at 57.5% and the remove at 40.8%. I am not convinced this is accurate. Now, plus 16.6 is a huge margin to be wrong about. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they were wrong because they were wrong in 2020. They were wrong in 2018 and they were wrong in 2016. The polls are a broken. Why? Cancel culture, probably. No joke. Cancel culture. People are scared to speak up because they'll be canceled. So how many Democrats hate Newsom so much they don't care who wins? And let's be real. Recalling Newsom, Larry Elder gets in maybe, and he gets what? A year? Can't do a whole lot. But at least it would send a message to the Democrats. I think there's good enough reason for progressives in California to be like, dude, recall. Larry Elder won't be able to do anything. It'll send a huge message to Democrats and force them to change or do whatever. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. I think it's possible. Now, at the very least, there are, there, there are many smart people, um, many on the right, who have said they don't think Newsom will be recalled. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think you see all these polls telling you it's impossible. You see all these people saying it's rigged. And I'm like, ignore all of that. We know the polls are wrong. OK, and don't let this 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 demoralization about rigged elections or whatever get you down. Shut it down. Keep the stuff in your back pocket. Don't forget it. It's interesting evidence of something of maybe error, maybe wrongdoing. We don't know. But don't let it stop you from going out and vote, man. You got to get out there and tell people. You got to get out there and be active. Now's the time every single person who's at least watching this, who's in California, should be knocking on doors. 
and ringing doorbells and saying like, here's what's up. You got a minute. And you know what? It's hard. It's really hard. You get rejected. You get yelled at. People can be mean. But I tell you this, Democrats do it. And boy, do they do it well. Going door to door, standing on street corners, making phone calls. They do a much better job than Republicans. Republicans just rely on on process victory. Like we got a bunch of judges in. Well, what did you do to actually convince people that you were right other than install a judge who's going to tell them they're wrong? And then when they're following the narrative of CNN, they're like, these judges are bad judges. Maybe if you go out and affect culture, inspire people, inform them, they'll then be like, we don't need the judges because the judge's ruling is based on the perception of culture. But this is where we are right now. And as long as people keep falling for this demoralization, look at this. You've got Emerson, Data for Progress, Survey USA, Suffolk. These, uni- these are universities, okay? These are not right-wing organizations. Maybe, you know, Rasmussen might show something better if they're actually tracking this, which I don't think Rasmussen is not appearing in the uh, uh, aggregate for 538. We can see that things have gradually, it used to be pretty close. It used to be that remove and keep were bouncing back and forth. Now it's just dominated by keep. The Democrats have ramped up the pressure. Joe Biden's flying out. They are getting involved. And we have stories like this. SFGate says, even Gavin Newsom's least least optimistic pollster thinks recall is a beatdown. They say in March, the pollster found Newsom defeating the recall by four points, which contrasted other polls from the spring that showed Newsom leading by double digits. Then in July and August, Emerson and Nexstar was the first pollster that showed a tightening race. Now, one day before the election, Emerson Nexstar's final poll looks a lot like other final polls. Newsom will survive the recall by a very large margin. And I don't care. And you shouldn't either. In fact, you know what? This should rile you up. This should light a flame underneath you. Passion saying, you know what? This is not the time to retreat. Now is the time to redouble your efforts. If the center isn't holding, you must reinforce the center, not break. I'm reminded of that scene in The Patriot with Mel Gibson. You ever see that movie? Awesome movie where everyone starts retreating and then he grabs the American flag and says, no, hold the line. And he runs forward and he's charging as people are retreating and they stop and they see him and they turn and they start running back. And then they defeat him. They defeat Cornwallis. It's an awesome movie. It's an awesome, awesome movie. Actually, I, don't, I think that was the scene where he's like, no, go, don't break, don't break the line. And uh, that's what you got you to gotta remember. That story, you ever hear the story, maybe apocryphal, maybe legend of the, the Star Spangled Banner and what that national anthem meant, the bombs bursting in air gave proof to the night that the flag was still there. What did that mean? Well, as legend tells it, as the bombs exploded, there would be a flash of light in the darkness, revealing the American flag standing strong. And as they tell the story, which is probably just legend at this point, after the war the, or the battle had ended and they went into that fort, what did they see? The bodies of patriots piled up holding that flag up because every time the flag would go down, someone would run up and pull the flag back up, even under bombardment, knowing they wouldn't survive it. It's really amazing. It's, a, it's an amazing story, isn't it? That even though they knew they wouldn't make it, that flag must stand. So here's what I see. They can tell me everything. They can say it's suppressed. It's rigged. They can say the polls have it's pointless. Don't even bother coming out. And I say the bombs bursting in air will give proof through the night 
that the recall is still there. And until the fat lady sings, y'all cannot let this stuff demoralize you ever. In any election, for any reason, no matter what Trump says, no matter what Newsom says, no matter what the pollsters say, you should be staying true to what you believe in. And that means if this, this, this is what really always bothered me growing up. The people who come out and say we need collective action because we're not getting paid enough. And I'm like, you know, the, the, my friends would be like servers and they'd say the, the law should change. It's not fair. They don't pay us enough. And I was like, so quit. Like, but I need my job. I'm like, so go get a different job. Well, but I like my job. OK, if every single one of your coworkers agreed with you and you all one day just said we won't work, they'd give you a raise on the spot. What are they going to do? Shut down the store and lose all their money or cut you in on it? But they don't do it. That always bothered me. Yo, it's not about what everyone else is willing to do. It's about what you are willing to do. Because if you're willing to do it and everyone else has the same mindset, you win. It reminds me of third party votes, too. People are like, don't vote third party because then you'll take votes away from the other party. And like when Hillary lost, like the Green Party did this. The Green Party voters have no obligation to vote for Democrats. Libertarian voters have no obligation to vote for Republicans. And if every single person in this country stood on principle, instead of voting on fear of the other, maybe we'd get a good president or a bad one. I don't know. We get something different at the very least. Now, Trump was different. I actually thought Trump was worth voting for, for a lot of his policy positions and because he's anti-establishment. I like the Mises caucus now. I don't completely agree with anybody. And I always say that, but I'll take liberty over everything else. And you know what that means? We'll see what happens come 2024. I am not the person to vote against. I hate that idea. I would prefer every single person just said, we like Dave Smith and Michael Malice in the Mises caucus, so we'll vote for them. And then when they win, people will be like, wow, people stood on principle. Instead, people stand on fear. That's the problem. Do not be afraid and do not fear the outcome. You got to go out, shoot your shot. Don't, you know, look, it's like the same with dating. You go out to a bar, you see a pretty lady. The worst case scenario is if you go up and say, hey, nice to meet you. Let me buy you a drink. If she says no, you say, sorry for bothering you. Have a nice day. Do you, you don't have a guarantee in life. Okay. There's the, 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 what's the only guarantee is death and taxes, right? So I'll tell you this tomorrow, the final day you might lose. Maybe it doesn't matter whether you might lose or not. It matters whether or not you are willing to stand up and say, at the very least, my voice will be heard. Worry about this stuff after the fact. For now, get to vote. Get your friends to vote. Vote for what you believe in. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Surely you are all now aware of Joe Biden's vaccine mandate. It's caused quite a bit of controversy. Many people on the left are saying it's, it's not a mandate because you can always just comply with the mandated weekly testing. So it is a mandate and it's coercive force applied on individuals who work at companies of at least 100 people to get vaccinated because many of these companies aren't going to be able to keep records of weekly testing for 100 plus employees. So the easiest thing to do is just mandate vaccination. And that's how government coercion works. What if I were to tell you, my friends, there were two notable exemptions, technically three notable exemptions for those um, in this uh, uh, in this country when it comes to vaccine mandates. First, if you are a migrant, illegal or otherwise, coming across the southern border, you have no requirement to be vaccinated. 
Now, that's strange. I mean, why would we allow a million plus people this year to cross the southern border, many with COVID and no requirement of being vaccinated? Now, come on, isn't that weird? At the very least, if they were going to be like, yo, we want to make sure everybody's vaccinated. If you work at a company with 100 or more, you got to get vaccinated. And then they said, yes, that's and we're going to make sure everybody coming from the southern border is vaccinated. Wouldn't the priority be for the people coming into this country who are not citizens, who have no guarantees or protections? You'd think, well, there is one other fancy group that is not required to get vaccinated, and that is members of Congress and their staff. I love it. Oh, absolutely. Bravo. Bravo. Oh, yes. It's just it's so beautiful. So you mean to tell me you're coming out here saying that we got to take one for the team. Everyone's got to pitch in for this. But there but Congress is exempt and illegal immigrants are exempt. It's only the American citizens who have to go through this. So all of the arguments from the left, just put them in the toilet, flush toilet. You know why? Because I keep saying things like, if we can get to a certain percentage of vaccinated, then we'll all be done. If we can reach herd immunity. The CDC has already published a blood test study of over a million people finding that some 80% already have immunity to COVID. Now, the article from CNN says immunity. And then other outlets have said some immunity to a certain degree People have immunity to COVID in a great de- to a great extent, mostly, CDC says, due to vaccination. So are we good yet? Apparently, we're not good yet. Apparently not. So how are we supposed to reach 80% if you're also allowing people to enter the country who are not being vaccinated? For every individual who enters this country not vaccinated, it negates someone who does to a certain degree percentage-wise. Here's a story from the Daily Wire. Saki admits Biden vax mandate doesn't include migrants at border, refuses to answer why. White House Press Secretary Jen Saki admitted on Friday that President Joe Biden's vaccine mandate does not include migrants at the U.S. southern border, and she refused to answer why. Quote, why is it that you're trying to require anybody with a job or anybody who goes to school to get the COVID-19 vaccine? But you're not requiring that of migrants that continue walking across the southern border into the country, Peter Ducey asked of Fox News. Well, look, our objective is to get as many people vaccinated across the country as humanly possible. And so the president's announcement yesterday was an effort to empower businesses, to give businesses the tools to protect their workforces. That's exactly what we did. But certainly we want everyone to get vaccinated and more people who are vaccinated, whether they are migrants or whether they are workers, protects more people in the U.S., But it's a requirement for people at a business with more than 100 people, but it's not requirement for migrants at the southern border. Ducey responded, why? That's correct, Saki answered before quickly calling on another reporter. Say what? They've been doing stuff like this nonstop. The border is porous. They're not checking it. There are children sleeping in dirt. These people don't care about you. They are lying to you. Let me bring you now to my favorite tweet I've seen so far. From Vice President Kamala Harris, who said, by vaccinating the unvaccinated, increasing our testing and masking and protecting the vaccinated, we can end this pandemic. That's exactly what we are committed to doing. Okay, Vice President Kamala Harris, I have a lot of questions here. Um, First, vaccinating the unvaccinated, increasing testing and masking. Masking, sorry. All right. Okay, absolutely. 
I think if they want to do PR campaigns and encourage encourage people to get vaccinated, by all means, do it. They 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 do it with the flu shot, but ultimately, you're not forced to get the flu shot. You go in, you get a choice to get a flu. Hey, hey you want a flu shot? You don't want a flu? Okay, well that's your choice. There's a bunch of different strains of the flu, you know. So people make that choice. Increasing testing and masking. Oh, okay. Well, I, I look. Depending on where you are, we need different policies. Maybe you live in a, in a very dense area. Sure. Maybe you decided that the risks are your choice and you voted for someone you want. Ultimately, I think it doesn't come down to whether some executive authority can come out and mandate this stuff. It comes down to personal decisions. If you want to walk around your city and not wear a mask, that should be your choice. And anybody who's got an issue with that can choose not to go near you. It's the weirdest thing. I talked about this with the cigarette stuff in Chicago. They're like, we're going to ban cigarettes from all these establishments. And I'm like, just don't go there if you don't like cigarettes. And then they ban cigarettes. Okay, whatever. Fine. I guess people have long forgotten about that. You can't smoke indoors anymore. Here's the best part. Protecting the vaccinated. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. What does that mean? Protecting the vaccinated. No, no, no. Serious question. What does that mean? I honestly have no idea. She doesn't say from the unvaccinated. She doesn't say from aliens. She doesn't say from speeding cars or drunk drivers. She says protecting the vaccinated. From what? Are you saying protect the vaccinated from getting sick? I'm confused by this. They're vaccinated. They are protected. So I tweeted, I tweeted this out and I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure I understand what you mean by protecting the vaccinated, something that affect. And people were like, well, you see, people who are unvaccinated present a real risk because of variants and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, wait, hold on. That's you can't protect the vaccinated because people aren't vaccinated. Like, that, that, that makes no sense. If people don't get vaccinated, you can't do anything about it to protect the vaccinated other than vaccinate them. So what action are you talking about taking? Yeah, I have no idea. Meaningless garbage. Here's something I love. Let me show you some of these and then we'll talk about those exemptions. And then uh, I, I think it'll be fair to call out the Republican states or I should say, to, to discuss the criticism Republican states have received because they already do mandate tons of vaccines, but don't want to mandate the COVID vaccine. Oh, we'll talk about that. Yes, Fox News, we'll see what they had to say. You're going to love this one from the Washington Post. For some singles, finding out a potential love interest isn't vaccinated can stop romance cold. <gasps> no. Look at this image they use. It's like a man and a woman, and the man's got a syringe with an X over it, and the woman's got a syringe, and then she points to it, And they both turn around. Great. Let me read you this opening portion. You're going to love it. It seemed like a match until it absolutely wasn't. Recently, I'd stumbled across a dating app unicorn, an effortlessly flirty chat with a man of an appropriate age that went beyond, well, hello, queen, or yes, this is my dog in my profile. We both recently moved from Florida to Baltimore. He, or at least however, uh, or or at least however, uh, whoever was in, or at least whoever was in the photos, wore a jaunty hat and bore a striking resemblance to Wanya Morris of legendary R&B group Boys to Men. Within a few minutes, we were trading snippets of ourselves singing 90s ballads. Oh, it's how, how cute. Would you like to take the singing offline over coffee? I asked. I'd love, I'd love to, not Wanya wrote, but I have to tell you that I'm not vaccinated. I'm sorry to hear that. And wish you well on your search, I wrote back as I got up to make my own coffee. Sure, he was cute, but nobody's cute enough for the risk of potential infection. What? You're vaccinated. What? Okay, well, you know what? This person, this woman is vaccinated. And she's now like, oh, this guy's not. So 
Now, a lot of people have pointed out and said, Tim, you look at Israel's data. Okay, the efficacy is waning. Yes, but mostly for old people. How old is this lady? Is she in her 70s? Okay, all right, fine. Maybe she is. I don't know how old she is. But it's it's waning mostly for older people. You in the US right now, efficacy has dropped, but I think it's around like 79% down from like 90. And that's, you know, whether you trust these individual studies, that's another big challenge is that one study alone isn't enough. We have seen studies, uh, we've published them on TimCast.com showing that efficacy remained high. It's hard to know exactly what's going on, but I can tell you this. This lady, for instance, Kamala Harris, for instance, will always side with the studies that make everything scarier that will give them more power. And of course, that breeds mistrust and contempt. And it leads to a lot of people just believing the opposite. I can't tell you. It's hard to know for sure. You got a lot of conflicting information out there. I can simply say, if you are this worried about getting infected, even though you're already vaccinated, then what's the point? You see, that's the political problem here. My opinion on all this is always, I think the vaccines are amazing. I've read about the mRNA technology. It's really brilliant. And uh, if you're worried, you go talk to your doctor, figure out what makes sense for you and come to a personal decision on what is right for you and your family and and whatever, and give advice only to your your, your friends or whatever, or people you know, if you'd like to. I won't do that. I'm on a show. I'm not a scientist. I can't tell you. I, I, I can read a bunch of these studies and say, it does seem like efficacy is dropping. Hence, Dr. Fauci has said, you know, we're going to need booster shots. And he's discussing, they've been talking with Biden. Uh, Fauci and Biden were discussing boosters every five months. And I'm just like, okay, at this point, if you're this worried, and no matter what happens, you remain worried, at a certain point, you throw your hands in the air. I'm sorry, that's just the reality. Because I can't keep playing this game where it's just, it's just, it's just a mask. It's just 15 days. It's just two masks. It's a vaccine. It's just two shots. It's just a booster shot. It's just a lockdown. It's just an extended lockdown. I can't, I can't do that. So I go out in the middle of nowhere. We got Chicken City being built. We're working on studio stuff. And I just try to live to the best of my ability, wash my hands more often, eating more, uh, making sure I'm getting more vitamins in my diet, eating a lot better, cutting out all those sugars. You know why? Because I saw a video of Dr. Fauci. That's right. I saw a video of Dr. Fauci. It was nine months ago. No, it was longer than that. It was like a year ago. And he's like, my advice is you need vitamin D. You need to be exercising. You need to be eating right. Stop smoking, all those things. And I'm like, you know what? If there's any bit of advice that is universal, it is eat better, consult your nutritionist, exercise more, consult your uh, physical trainer, be healthier, be better. Get one of these little fancy watches. They monitor your heart rate and your exercise and make sure you're exercising and not sitting around doing nothing. That's one of the best things you can do, especially if you're young. Now, if you think uh, if you're concerned and you want to get the vaccine, by all means, I absolutely would say, yeah, go to your doctor and, 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 and talk to him about your concerns and why you want to get it. And I would always say, make, you know, make sure you follow your doctor's advice. And if you're not a fan of your doctor because you think you're smarter than him or whatever, well, I suggest you find a doctor who's better. That's 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 that simple. But let's talk about how this really works. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, 
They offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Members of Congress and their staff are exempt from Biden's vaccine mandate. Well, this is not to say that Joe Biden specifically outlined in his executive order a rule saying everyone must be vaccinated, but members of Congress, you get a freebie. No, the issue is he doesn't have the authority to do it. He doesn't have the authority to mandate anybody get vaccinated except for his own employees. So here's what happens. I love this. This news article right here is the stake through the vampire's heart in terms of their manipulation. Check it out. President from Newsweek, President Joe Biden's new vaccine mandates for federal employees don't apply to members of Congress or those who work for Congress or the federal court system. Biden issued two executive orders on Thursday requiring vaccination against COVID for federal workers and contractors who work for the federal government. He also asked the Department of Labor to issue an emergency order requiring businesses with more than 100 employees to ensure their workers are vaccinated or tested on a weekly basis. However, Biden's order on federal workers applies to employees of the executive branch. The House of Representatives and the Senate belong to a separate legislative branch and the courts to the judicial branch of the federal government. Biden's COVID action plan, Path Out of the Pandemic, published on the White House website, makes the effect of the vaccine mandate clear. The plan says, building on the president's announcement in July to strengthen safety requirements for unvaccinated federal workers, the president has signed an executive order to take those actions a step further and require all federal executive branch workers to be vaccinated. The president also signed an executive order directing that this standard be extended to employees of contractors that do business with the federal government. As part of this effort, the Department of Defense, Department of Veterans Affairs, the Indian Health Service, and the National Institute of Health will complete implementation of their previously announced vaccination requirements that cover 2.5 million people. The New York Times reported on Thursday that the executive order doesn't apply to those who work for Congress or the federal courts, citing White House officials. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi said at a press conference on April 29th that the House couldn't require members to be vaccinated. Video, clip, video clips of those remarks gained re, uh, renewed attention online following Biden's announcement. Quote, so, so here's the thing. We, we cannot require someone to be vaccinated. That's just not what we can do. It is a matter of privacy to know who is or isn't vaccinated, Pelosi said. I can't go to the Capitol physician and say, give me the names of people who aren't vaccinated so I can go encourage them or make it known to others to encourage them to be vaccinated. We can't. We can't do that, she said. Pelosi's office reiterated that position in a statement to Newsweek on Friday, saying the speaker's April 29th remarks were referring to the institution in which she serves. She's saying she cannot force members to be vaccinated, which is true. Joe Biden issues this mandate. He says that if you work for a company that has at least 100 employees, well, that company has to mandate you to get vaccinated or get a test. But it doesn't apply to anybody outside. the. But the, the other uh, decree that federal workers be va uh, um, vaccinated can only apply to his own branch, showing he has no authority to issue an order outside of this branch. Now, the people who work for the executive branch work for the president, and he's their boss and can say, you know what, here's what we're doing. That makes sense, doesn't it? 
The other two branches do not have to abide by executive decree. That's the purpose of our system of government. But think about what that means for private businesses. You can't just legislate from the Oval Office. Many presidents have gotten dangerously close to doing so. They screamed that Trump was doing it when Trump was appropriating funding for some of these things. That's different. The president in an emergency has the ability to appropriate funding. We can argue over it, but appropriating funding that already exists is different from creating legislation that changes regulations on businesses. We can argue where that line is, but Joe Biden has repeatedly tried circumventing the other other branches in pushing out this, this absurdity and this insanity. So here you go, my friends. Let me just make something very clear for you, regardless of why it is. You must be vaccinated, they say, and you could lose your job. Members of Congress and their staff, they don't have to be. So long as the elites and the privileged are exempt from this, I have to ask some questions about who they're, what they're doing and why. I'm not going to tolerate the haves and have nots push of the elitism saying rules for me, uh, rules for thee, but not for me. Sorry, rules for thee, but not for me. Now, let's talk about some of the criticism, though. Chris Wallace rips GOP governor over contradictory stance on vaccine mandates. Oh, man. You know, sometimes I hear these governors and I'm just like, y'all need to learn how to talk better. Okay, so you can explain to these people what why people are upset. I think a lot of these governors and a lot of these politicians are too worried about running for office. Here's the story. Chris Wallace tore into Governor Pete Ricketts of Nebraska on Sunday for coming out against mandatory COVID-19 vaccination, even though his state has made it in place for several other vaccines. You say it's a personal choice, Wallace said on Fox News Sunday. In fact, to attend school in your state of Nebraska, children must be vaccinated against a number of diseases. They must be vaccinated against diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, polio, measles, mumps, and rubella, hepatitis B, and chickenpox. Why are those mandates that parents in your state must comply with and do comply with routinely? Why is it that they are not so objectionable and such a violation of personal freedom, but President Joe Biden's vaccine mandates are? Ricketts responded that people don't know who to trust right now and that we have trust in those other vaccines due to their long history. Wallace pointed out that the polio vaccine was also developed quickly and that people viewed it as a blessing when it first became available and that the FDA has given full approval to a COVID-19 vaccine. Ricketts responded by saying that he is focused on hospital capacity in his state. He also said the majority of people dying of COVID in Nebraska are senior citizens and that most members of the population have been vaccinated. He claimed COVID-19 did not pose a significant risk for younger people. Let me go back to the statement from Chris Wallace, and here's how I would answer him. First of all, uh, yes, there are mandatory vaccines against diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, polio, measles, mumps, rubella, hepatitis B, and chickenpox. Now, chickenpox is the one I find to be interesting because when I was younger, we didn't have that. People just had chickenpox parties. Okay, whatever. I don't know. My understanding is that chickenpox is not particularly dangerous for younger people. It is for older people. And that's why they wanted people to get it when they were young so that you build up an immunity. But then people get shingles when they're older and that causes a bunch of problems. So what I can say about many of these other viruses is that they're, they're, they're much more dangerous than COVID. Now, long-term negative effects of COVID are serious as well. But my response is, look, many of those diseases, they've been around for a very, very long time. Vaccines have been around for a very, very long time. And we know the serious nature of these illnesses. We've come to a legislative decision 
based on the years of research where people have said, we hereby vote for these politicians. They've enacted, they've decided that we're going to put in these vaccine mandates. Here's the data on the vaccines. Here's the data on on these illnesses. And we came to a calm, rational decision. Right now, we're in a state of panic. Half the country's freaking out, claiming that even with vaccinations, they're not protected. The other half is saying they don't trust any of this stuff. Now is not the time to rule by decree. Unfortunately, if you want to actively escape an emergency, build trust and build a cohesive plan, you need to bring people together, not instill panic or punish those who are confused and worried. If we want to sit down at a hearing, invite these people in and have a conversation calmly and over the course of several years, come to a decision about how to do this. I respect that and think it's something we can consider. Like I mentioned with chicken pox, we used to just get it. We didn't get the vaccine for it. Well, it wasn't an overnight thing where they just said, now we're mandating it. Okay, this comes after years of policy in place and dealing with these diseases we know and understand to a great degree. Not perfectly, of course. COVID is new. It's novel. We don't know. People are worried and scared, which creates a problem. Many people are not going to trust mandates from the government. They're going to be angry about it. So the best thing we can do is encourage vaccination, tell people to talk to their doctors and hope that those who are protected now will feel comfortable. Unfortunately, the fear mongering from people like Chris Wallace and others in media is making it so that even people who are getting vaccinated are still freaking out. How are we going to escape an emergency if everyone is in a state of panic? It's not the answer. I'm sorry. So until we have a calm assessment, I can only say if you want to freak out and scream when people don't know what's going on and they don't know who to trust, you will only make things worse. So most people who are affected by this are older. Most older people are vaccinated. Most people are vaccinated. Let's not make the situation worse by pouring fuel on a a fire of panic. It's that simple, isn't it? Let people go to their doctors, people they know and trust, and get away from the news and the culture war. But here's the game we play. Chris Wallace can easily come out and say, you got to mandate all these vaccines. And then I'm just like, what about migrants at the border? What about members of Congress and the courts? I get it. Rules for thee, but not for me. And for some reason, not people illegally entering the country. Okay, you lost me on that one. Look, I think the vaccines are great. I think, uh, uh, you know, people have pointed out VAERS is being is really, really high. It's true. We've also issued, I think they've administered like 330 million vaccines. You got to understand scale on this one, but don't, but don't, don't, it's fine. If you don't trust me, if you don't like me, all that's fine. Go talk to somebody you do trust. Find a good medical professional. It's that simple, right? Freedom of choice. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Bill Maher seems to be at his wit's end. Why, it may be the man is on the verge of a breakthrough. Not only are we getting another story about Bill Maher criticizing the left, but this time he is having that, he's going through that period so many of us went through where he's like, you know, people keep telling me I criticize the left too much. Well, it's because the left is embarrassing me and they're doing these things. And it's like, yo, Bill, been there, done that. Glad to see you finally paying attention. It took you a long time, but I can respect you coming out and criticizing the breakdown and the insanity of the left. The only problem, Bill, is that you got whipped up by the mainstream fervor and lies. And because of that, because of that, it took you a long time. But you know what? I'm totally fine with it. You know what I say to Bill? I say, I say, Bill, welcome to the fight. 
You know what I say to Bill? I say, Google gobble, we accept you. One of us. One of us, Bill. Bill Maher is criticizing segregated national anthems. Many of us have been talking about this kind of stuff for like a decade. And I suppose because we're not as well established and maybe because we're all a bit younger and more active, we saw this coming. We called it out when it happened. And without the years of articles claiming we were all staunch defenders of liberalism, we all got called conservatives. I'll tell you what happens. A lot of people like me in my political position, which is fairly politically homeless and center left on policy, are called conservatives or right wing. Now, they don't call me far right. And they don't call me alt-right or anything like that. They've, they've once or twice, but it's always been retracted. No, they just say Tim Pool is a right-wing YouTuber. That's the game they play. Now, it is challenging for them because, like, how do you have someone who, you know, got their prominence from Occupy Wall Street being called right-wing? Somebody who routinely says universal health care is an ideal to strive for. Someone who is pro-choice. How is that all right-wing? It's not. It's not right-wing. But they're trying to shift the Overton window. The reality is our political landscape is divided among people who don't pay attention and don't care, kind of like Bill Maher and the people who do pay attention and do care. The media will lie to you left and right, claiming that in Oklahoma, gunshot victims are being turned away because too many people ate horse paste. Fake news. Now, stories that egregious are easily called out when a real journalists like Zed Jelani, for instance, calls up the local sheriff's department and says, Y'all haven't gunshot victims turned away? And he was like, no, we I think he said something like this whole year we've had two victims and they were both fine or something like that. You see, Bill Maher got Covington wrong because Bill Maher relies too heavily on people who don't fact check. So here's what happens. I see an article from CNN and it says something dumb. And if it's really dumb, you know, it's really funny. Let me tell you something before we get into all this. I, there have been many stories that people on the right have fallen for. And we tend not to do that at TimCast. And I think the reason is, if the story sounds outlandish or stupid, and I can't verify it, I just don't cover it. There have been numerous instances where I'm like, oh, yeah, everybody kind of piled on that story. And it wasn't true. Sometimes I'll see it and I'll outright just be like, yo, that's not true. I can't, I don't have any off the top of my head good examples, but there is an example right now where they're like, this one's less the case, but it's like Joe Biden incoherently rambles at event, uh, you know, about Trump. I ignore these things because I listen to the video and Joe Biden isn't rambling incoherently. He's just kind of nonchalantly blaseing through the conversation like, ah, Trump, what's he talking about? You know, and Florida, Robert E. Lee went in. I don't know, whatever. And I'm like, that's not incoherent rambling. That's him just being like, I don't know and don't care. So it's things like that that happen that people on the right will jump onto. And then often, not, not often, but every so often. Well, here we have Bill Maher finally starting to wake up to this. Now, I'll stress it again. The reason why this story is significant is not because Bill Maher is once again calling out the left, but Bill now is at the point where he has called out the left so much. They're calling him alt-right, him far-right, him libertarian, big L libertarian. And he's being forced to address the criticism. Bill, why do you keep swinging left? You're supposed to be a liberal. And Bill's like, I'm not giving up on liberalism. Hey, neither am I. Like traditional and classical liberalism, right? That's not conservatism, is it? I'll tell you this. Bill Maher, in many ways, is politically and policy-wise further right than I am. And that's always been the case. I'm actually idealistically, like my political compass is rather far left. Just because there are certain policy positions that I would prefer or like 
Doesn't mean I think they're possible to implement right now. Meaning you could come to me and say, Tim, we could do universal health care if we do these things. I'll be like, I'd like universal health care. I don't know if what you're saying makes sense. That won't lead to that. Furthermore, so long as y'all crazy racists are trying to create racially segregated healthcare systems, I'm not going to give you that power. You see how the system works? And that creates the impasse of perhaps left libertarianism is just a pipe dream. Maybe, maybe that's the case. You would, in order to get to a position where you'd have like functioning left libertarianism, you need a monoculture. You know, so maybe that's, maybe it works really well in small, tightly knit groups or truth be told, religiously homogenous communities right now in America, not in a great American melting pot. Here's what they say about Bill Maher. Bill Maher of the Daily Mail. Bill Maher took aim at the NFL for playing Lift Every Voice and Sing, otherwise known as the Black National Anthem. The Real Time with Bill Maher host warned that having two different national anthems based on race was a slippery slope to segregation, but under a different name, he said. Quote, I think when you go down a road where you're having two different national anthems, colleges, have different graduation ceremonies for black and white separate dorms. This is what I mean. Segregation, Mar said on his Friday show. Maybe we should get rid of our national anthem. But I think we should have one national anthem, he said. You see, therein lies the problem with Bill. Maybe we should get rid of our national anthem. No, 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 no. We don't change the national anthem. We talk about what it meant and why it's important to us. A story about the, raising the flag and refusing to let it fall. But I'll tell you, I'll, I'll point out something really funny. I don't know the exact ratings for Bill Maher. I think he gets around a million uh, uh, on his show. And I, I would need to check his online ratings. But I'm fairly sure that Tim, the TimCast.com network and, and this show substantially decimates, like just, just blows Bill Maher's ratings out of the water. I can tell you that we, you know, it's, it's also a volume thing. I'm not saying I'm more influential. That's, kind of, that's, the, that, that's the point I'm getting to is Bill Maher substantially more influential than I and many others simply by being around for as long as he is. And this is the interesting thing. Why is there a news article being written about Bill Maher saying something you and I and everybody else have been saying for months? Or for year, I mean, as long as they've been doing the, 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 the anthem thing. I mean, if you want to get into the culture war stuff, we've been talking about this for years. Even when I would get half a million to a million views on a segment from Timcast IRL, which we often do, it doesn't make it to the papers. And maybe that's a good thing. Keeps the heat turned down on us. Go yell about Bill Maher. But I wonder, Bill Maher is not only less influential than, say, probably Sticks Hexenhammer and Steven Crowder and Dave Rubin. But he's late to the party, too. And I think those things play together. Why is it that Bill Maher doesn't get like the same ratings for one volume? He does one show a week. That's I can, OK. I can accept that. Getting about a million views per episode. I don't know what his ratings are right now, but during the election, Tim Castile was getting more than a million per night. No joke. This is how the media works. Simply because he's older and people have heard of him over a long period of time, they highlight what he says. Now, ultimately, I think this can be a good thing. Check this out. He says, when people say to me, boy, you go after the, the left a lot these days. Why? I'm like, because you're embarrassing me. That's why I'm going after the left in a way you never did before. I'm not going to give up on being liberal, he continued. You're taking children and making them hyper aware of race in a way they wouldn't otherwise be. The historically black university, Florida's A&M concert choir joined keys for Thursday's performance of Every Voice and Sing. 
you know, the Black National Anthem. The song had already blah, blah, blah. We get it. They play the Black National Anthem. And I guess that's the gist of the Bill Maher portion of this. Well, like I said, I want to say to uh, Bill Maher, Google, gobble, Google, gobble, one of us, one of us. If you get the reference, it's from a very old movie. I can't remember the name of the movie. I, I, I reference it a lot. What's it from? It's from like Freaks or something, I think it's called. And this woman is at the table and they're all dancing going, Google, gobble, one of us. Bill Maher, please don't be late to the party. You know, I, I wonder, he has a lot of people on his show. I wonder how much of what Bill Maher is willing to say is based on feedback he gets. Because certainly Bill Maher could just Google search much of this stuff. I don't think Bill Maher has created a new opinion of segregation. He just wasn't paying attention to it happening across the country because he probably just turns on CNN. Here's Scuttlebutt. This is a really fascinating change that's happening, right? Something is happening in the United States. It's dramatic. It's changing our culture. And it's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of reasons why it's happening. Some say immigration, perhaps. Some say universities, perhaps. Some say social, social media. I believe social media is, is, is the reason for this. Let me show you this story. And Bill, I, I, hope, I hope you see this one. Syracuse professor is accused of defending 9-11 with claim it was an attack on heteropatriarchal capitalistic systems that many white Americans fight to protect. Wow, that's a whole lot of psychobabble garbage nonsense. How did all this happen? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad uh, uh, to be able to have, I'm, I'm glad these stories exist with Bill Maher because I think it, prove, it provides evidence to my hypothesis about algorithmic psychosis along with this story. You probably heard me talk about it before. It does bear repeating, and I hope you share this with people. Not necessarily this video. I mean, yeah, share the video, like, subscribe, all that stuff. But tell people this. Try to, you know, maybe I should we, should, we should write up an article, like a big article breaking down what's happening so that you guys can share it. I know it's, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. You might understand it. It'll be really hard for you to like repeat perfectly to someone. <clears throat> but I think this story right here is a perfect example. And I think what's happening with Bill Maher is a perfect example. I bring you back to 2006. Facebook, MySpace is dwindling. Facebook's on the rise. And the algorithmic timeline emerges. It used to be that if you posted something on Facebook, people would see it when you posted it. But then Facebook realized that most people had too many friends, and so they weren't seeing half the stuff. And some of the stuff was good stuff that would keep them on the website longer. So Facebook said, let's make an algorithm that can select for what is more likely to keep someone on the site and show them that. Basically, if someone likes it, let's show it to them. Let's show them less of what they don't like, more of what they do like. Big mistake. What ends up happening is videos of police brutality and shocking rage content tend to do better because people interact with it more. The algorithm then started feeding this to people, creating a feedback loop of insanity. You now have people who believe that cops go around hunting down black people. Why? Because for this period, at the end of the 2000s into the 2010s, videos of police brutality were, were just gangbusters in the algorithm. People would just see it. They would get angry and rightly so. And they would like it and share it. And it would get so much traffic that industries emerged around this. Facebook has tried to curtail this a little bit, but it's too late. The algorithms incentivize businesses to emerge around enraging people with fringe narratives. What percent of, you know, how many, how many people in 20, I think it was 2019, were uh, unarmed black men? How many unarmed black men were killed by cops? I think the Wall Street Journal has it at 19. It's a serious problem. But out of 375 million interactions with cops, that's a, that's a microscopic fraction. Certainly, we should highlight injustice. We should criticize it. 
But the media, social media algorithms were built to monetize all of this. So media organizations started just slamming people with the most insane news and insane narratives. And what happens when there's no news? You got to make an op-ed. Here's the best part. Websites like Kotaku. Kotaku is a video game website. But there's only so much you can write about video games. How many video games came out this year? Well, Grand Theft Auto isn't coming out anymore. They just keep remaking it. It's effectively an MMORPG at this point. So with no new games to be released, what do you write about? You've done your tutorials. You've announced the the, the new releases. You've put an op-ed about the gameplay. We need content to justify why you're here. Otherwise, we won't make enough money. So what do they do? Opinion pieces. Ugh, Mario's racist. There you go. Now you're getting, not, not, you, you might ask yourself, why did so many articles come out about video games being racist? It's simple and sexist. That's what played well in the algorithms. So all of a sudden, things that had nothing to do with racism were justifiably, uh, were, were being justified as something to do with racism. All of a sudden, you have movie articles coming out, and they claim, oh, it's intersectionality. That was just used to justify why an article about the latest cheese flavor from Wisconsin was actually a racist dog whistle to the alt-right. Why milk is racist? Why the OK hand sign is racist? Because they were like, this is the stuff that, that plays well. People click it. They like it. So let's make everything about it. People's clothes, people's smiles, people's jokes, people's laughs, food. There you go. Something else happened too. You see, early on with the internet, it allowed weirdos to coalesce around being weirdos. In the early days of the internet, it was a free-for-all. And communities that couldn't normally come together were now able to. When the mainstream started entering the digital space, these spaces were already dominated by weirdo groups. So when you come online and you go onto Facebook, you're like, hey, I like football and, and, you know, and sports and I support the troops. Let's go on Facebook and post. I support the troops too late. There's already a thousand people who are psychotic, weirdo leftist cultists screaming at you. And now all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, I didn't mean it. I don't like those troops. Oh, yeah. That was for Bill Maher. To provide more evidence to my hypothesis, perhaps I should write this down and submit it to a scholarly journal. Bill Maher is too old for the Internet. He doesn't use it the same way we do. He's not particularly online. Sam Harris, for instance, isn't either. And you can see how these people are affected by it. Older groups that still get their news from the, from Scuttlebutt and from television and from the paper. And I mean that figuratively, not literally, like they go to the New York Times to read their articles and they don't do investigations. They don't research. They don't anything about this stuff. They're late to the party. Look at look at Sam Harris being like, I'm eating these words one syllable at a time. When he's quoting himself and voting for Joe Biden, bro, we all knew we're plugged in to the to the uh, info webs. All right. So we get all this information fast. Bill Maher is like five years late to the party because he's still getting all his information from archaic sources. His opinions don't change. And you see, therein lies my point. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Jon Stewart on his new show when he's coming back. Jon Stewart went on CBS. He went on with Colbert. And he said he promoted lab leak theory, saying it seems to make sense. And Colbert argued against him. <clears throat> John Stewart's not hyper online. These these liberal dudes who don't use the Internet are not falling into the trap of the left and the insanity. 
and they don't they don't know what's going on with them. Now, certainly there are many people who have younger staff, who a younger staff who is pushing them in these, in these directions. But I think it's funny when Bill Maher can come out and say the things he says. And I'm like, if Bill used Twitter, he'd have been saying this stuff well before I was. He'd have been saying this stuff well before you were. Many more people would have awakened to it. We probably wouldn't have Donald Trump. We probably wouldn't have uh, Hillary Clinton. Honestly, don't know what would have happened. I mean, maybe it would have been Trump still, to be honest, because if Bill Maher, I mean, Trump may have won by even more votes. In fact, I believe if Bill Maher was actively paying attention to what was going on, he's talking about lift every voice and sing. Yo, that was two years ago. We were talking about all this stuff. I think Bill Maher would have voted for Trump. I absolutely believe it. How much of what Bill Maher believes about Trump is a lie? Probably most of it. Is Trump a nasty guy? Oh, one of the worst. Is he a man of bad moral character? Well, not the worst, I would say, in moral character, but he's kind of bad for a lot of reasons. He's a mean guy. Did he do right by a lot of people for a really long time? Yep, he won awards for it, too. Do his staff members love him? They do. I went to Trump Tower on more than one occasion. I asked the people who work there, and they say they love him. He comes down. When Trump would come down, he'd be like, let's get all the staff together. I heard this story more than once. He would get all the staff at his hotel, and he would walk out handing out $100 bills to everybody. Tax-free gifts. Just, you know, this is for you. Just, just for you. It's for no reason. You know, just thanks. Have a nice day. I don't know if it's actually a tax-free gift. He's their boss. But people loved him. I went to the ice cream shop, and I was like, you ever see him? Oh, yeah, he comes down every so often. Do you like him? Oh, he's great. He always puts a $100 bill in the tip jar. Winning awards for, for, you know, but you look at his personality, you look at his character and he's a nasty guy. He is. And I think it's fair to say. I also think it's fair to say he made tremendous mistakes with foreign policy. I think it's fair to say he made tremendous mistakes with who he hired. But is he as bad as Biden or Hillary? <laughs> I will take the potty, potty mouth mean guy over the corrupt neo-lib, neocon uniparty establishment any day of the week. You see, Bill Maher doesn't get it. I suppose it's, you know, Bill Maher, he's like basically twice my age. And I think it's interesting to see that like a lot of people who grew up in, through, through more, the older people, they grew up experiencing a bunch of different administrations. And so they probably have a different perspective. But we haven't had a person like Trump. I mean, maybe you can say Reagan or something, but I don't think he's anywhere. He's much like Trump at all. I'm a millennial. We, we went through what's multiple economic crises. We, we're sick of the Federal Reserve. We're sick of the establishment uniparty. We're sick of the wars. We're sick of the lies from the cultural establishment, from the cathedral. And Trump was the human. He was the bull storming through the doors. I'll take it. Bill Maher's the guy who's like, I'm comfortable. Please don't rock the boat. And I'm like, bro, Millennials are staring down the barrel of no property ownership, stagnant wages, and they're mad about it. Boomers control a disproportionate amount of wealth. And for this, you are getting the rise of Bernie Sanders and the rise of Trump. We ain't going to be sitting back for this. We are we are fed up. Now, a lot of these younger leftists get get caught in the trap and the Democrats convince them to vote against their own interests for people like Biden, a corrupt bankster, crony capitalist. Trump is bad for a lot of reasons, but he was not the establishment and, and everything they did proves it. They hated that guy. And now here we are, thanks to people like Bill Maher, who didn't pay attention, who's now coming out realizing that, you know, maybe he's going to have to keep criticizing the left. And then what? Are they going to call Bill Maher right wing? Bill Maher's opinions on policies in many ways, many areas further right than mine. And that to me is shocking that they would claim Bill Maher is a liberal and then try and claim that I'm right wing when I've 
you know, I, there was one smear who's like, Tim Pool regularly promotes universal healthcare, but as if that changes the fact that he's routinely making fun of Democrats. And I'm like, it's really funny, isn't it? There are a lot of leftists who do just that. Huh. The real issue is I call out the lies. Take a look at people like Vosh or Hassan. They're pro-government authority. Is that the only real difference between our positions? They will just outright bash Trump for things Trump had nothing to do with for tribal points, and they'll support the authority, the vax mandates. And then I'm like, okay, I like, you know, we have Vosh on the show. And it's funny because Vosh's fans are like, oh, you know, they actually agree on a lot of things. And I'm like, hey, how about that? The only problem is I'm anti-authoritarian. I'm, I'm anti-violence. I'm, I'm pro people living in peace and respecting freedom. And yet here we are. Hassan and Vosh are the ones coming out cheering for a vaccine mandate with no medical exemptions. So what? That's the big difference. Bill, if you believe in freedom and you actually believe in these values, you need to start paying attention. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award winning agents who will walk you through the process step by step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work-life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com.